And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. And it's another week and another two losses for your Reds. And it seems like the chant of, can we play you every week, was made for TFC, unfortunately. Uh, on this week, we're going to uh, dive back into uh, a lighter version of the Michael Singh notebook, just talking about uh, the incoming of uh, Cassius Malula and uh, the outgoing of Io Akinola and touch on a few other items as well. Um, we'll sort of review this League's Cup run, which was two games and not pretty. Um, but we will go through uh, the League's Cup uh, run for TFC and sort of to see how that thing really went. And of course, we'll get to your comments from this week's burning question presented by Nextdoor. Lots to dig into, so let's get into it with my co-hosts, Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker. Gents, how was the weekend? How you doing? You both got, you're both wearing black. I feel like it's like almost like a funeral out here. <laughs> uh, I'm rough, guys. I'm, I'm Jeffrey P. Nesker-ish today. I, I woke up to watch the Canada game, and of course I was at BMO for the League's Cup game. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. I I don't remember being this tired. I am I am very 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 tired. So uh, yeah, I'm just uh, gonna make that make that note off the top. right off the bat. Way to set right the tone, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way to set the tone. We're gonna have a great show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I'm with you though. Like I work till mm-hmm. midnight with MLS, um, covering the New York Red Bulls. By the way, which they had a really exciting game. So it's you know yeah. the competition as a whole, the league's cup as a whole. While Toronto FC fans will quickly yes. want to forget that one, I think overall, like throughout the league, it's it's been pretty pretty good. And I think MLS teams are actually having a pretty decent showing league wide. And it's funny how uh, you know MLS is now mid season and and Liga MX is not, and how the tables have turned, kind of um, just in terms of Liga MX teams still trying to you know figure things out while MLS teams are, like I just said, mid-season. So, yeah, keep it on how this this tournament progresses, see how far some of these MLS teams can advance. But, yeah, the Red Bulls last night were, uh, were, were fun, fun to cover. What a difference, eh? You get a team that's mm. fun to cover, you're like a little bit more energy, you're like, ah, oh, I saw a football match where goals were scored and proper <laughs> football was played. <laughs> God. I mean, I gotta, I gotta raise my hand. Obviously, yes, you're right. Um, we're we're seeing the reverse Concacaf Champions League, but you know, this tournament was designed for MLS teams to win it. Uh, you know, we can't excuse that none of them are going to play at the Azteca or El Volcan or any of those traditionally hostile places. You know, where shenanigans take place. Certainly, the refing hasn't been top notch, but it definitely has been a shade better than what we expect from the CCL or whatever the hell they're calling it now. What is it? The CCC? Is it actually the CCC? Champions now? Cup now. It's back to Champions <laughs> Cup. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. I, just, um, I just love this comment. Red yeah. Bulls, proper football. Nico hey, man. Yeah. Hey, look, look, we'll get into TFC in a bit. But yeah. Then... <laughs> that, that, guy, that guy's a big fan of me, if memory serves. So uh, we'll wait for some more comments there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's an exciting tournament. It's It's a shame that we're so soured on it. Um, because of of our performances, but it has been pretty marvelous to see. 
and uh, certainly, you know, a little bit of a little bit of vengeance for all the MLS teams that got whooped by uh, mid mid season form uh, Liga MX teams over the years. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, you know, Leagues Cup was not something that I was looking forward to, both from a TFC perspective and just from a league's perspective as well. Like it just wasn't a competition I was interested in. Um, but I have to admit, like it has been entertaining. Like it has been, there have been some entertaining games. There have been some interesting wrinkles into it. Like obviously look, as Mike, you mentioned, Liga Mekki teams, they're just starting their season. I think they're like three games into their, into their Klausura season at this point, you know, so they're very much in preseason mode still. And a lot of this will be considered sort of a, a tag on to their sort of preseason and they're playing kids with jersey numbers like 187. Two, two something. Two something last night and, with Atlas. That was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so there's that as well. Um, but at the same time, like I think I still think it's been pretty for the most part entertaining. Um, and like you said, MLS teams have held their own. Uh, and I think that you know, MLS can sort of tip their hat to this a little bit. There is still a bit of that caveat, but it has been so far uh, at least intriguing. I, I won't say I'm, it's captivating watching and I'm watching every game, but it definitely is intriguing. You know, mm, Sorry. I was going to say, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Mm. Mike Noah, how are you going to call me out on Twitter like that? Bro, how are you gonna roast you like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, under the I had bus. to, I had to, bro. <laughs> like you, I mean, look, look. Wait until you wear I, the messy shirt. He's gonna light you on fire. That's <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think the messy thing just completely just pissed him off. Now every chance he's gonna get, he's just gonna make sure everyone sees my horrendous takes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, look, I've had some horrendous takes too, so that's that's completely fine. Uh, raise his hand. Raise his hand over here. Look, um, I, you I know. Think, mm, Oh, no, sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, no, please, please continue because I was going to talk about League's Cup stuff. So I, I want to hear you roast Mike some more. No, no roasting. Just <laughs> it, like at the end of the day, uh, I'm kind of like we 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 do the show every week, right? We still talk about these results. Like the mm-hmm. the history tells us, this team was not going to go into this competition and do well. Um, but we'll talk about that a little later, obviously. Wait, um, but, I my uh, Jeff, I know I was, you, you still wanted to talk a little bit about I was biting uh, my tongue. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I gotta get you back. I gotta get you back. <laughs> I tried to sneak Bring out, it. you know. <laughs> Early in the season? Maybe, maybe right before the start of the season. Like, Noel, can you remind everybody what your prediction was about Toronto FC? I said specifically that this team had enough talent to finish at least top of the Eastern Conference. I said that. <laughs> didn't we, and didn't and we to all be agree? honest, mm-hmm. I think we all like, were pretty close to agreeing to that. Yeah, yeah. As I remember. <laughs> I think we all agreed. We got to go back and find the tapes. We'll we'll find the tapes. I will, that's, I will that's 100% my job. own that take. I will 100% yeah, yeah, yeah. own that take. And yeah, yeah, let's yeah. be real here. If if things went the way it should have went in terms of the amount of talent, they, yeah, they should probably be top of these. But isn't I think that that's crazy? why the season's so disappointing. Yeah, isn't that 100, crazy how they just bamboozled all of us? Honestly, I'll take the L because I got bamboozled the latest, even though I've seen this team play a number of mm-hmm. times. I was, just, I was on the League Cup vibes, guys. I was just riding a League's Cup high. It was a vibe stake. Let's call it that. Yeah. It was just a vibe hey, man, stake. You're seeing all these MLS teams do well. You're thinking, hey, <laughs> if you can get on that wave. Mm-mm. They don't mm. know how to surf right now. 
Yep, yep. Um, okay, so before the chat becomes entirely where's Mikey Singh's Inter Miami kit, uh, it it's not been made yet. Uh, we're talking November, fellas, and uh, uh, we'll see. Term, so we'll, we'll see. see. We'll latest, see. Remember, he does November. He does work for MLS, so he can call fanatics and and and. <laughs> I don't think that's and, and how maybe, it works. <laughs> maybe maybe that's how it works. Um, back to my point. The thing that I enjoyed the most out of League's Cup, if I had to choose one thing. It's in CCL, we don't get to see all the Liga MX's teams, and I don't follow Liga MX. And if I do, I'm going to watch Tigres or some of the big boys that, or Club America, or, you know, I'm not going to watch Pachuca comes to mind, but I I think I might actually watch a Pachuca. But you're seeing the the full gamut of Liga MX's, you know, not just the teams that can make the CCL through various avenues. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, And that's really cool, you know, getting to see some of these lesser known teams here has been enjoyable for me, what they're all about. Um, and I would say for the most part, and it could just be, um, you know, them trying to blow smoke up asses, but it seems that there's a lot more tactical identity uh, uh, across Liga Emekis than there is in MLS. And, and, and I want to refine that because, you know, in MLS, uh, you'll hear things like, well, you know, St. Louis wants to be a Red Bulls thing. Like there's that easy shorthand. But when they're discussing Liga Emeki's teams, because they, they're speaking to our market or our fandom, they can't use the shorthand like they play like the Red Bulls. So you get a bit more of the tactical analysis. Like this is a high pressing team or this team, you know, loves, loves to do man marking and zonal marking. The, I'm not suggesting that there's laziness with MLS. It's creeping on that, but there's an emphasis to use that shorthand. You know, this is a Columbus crew style team or et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And you see it in the EPL, but they don't, they can't do that here. So I, I find it in, I find it kind of illuminating. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I think the one observation that I've always had when you compare League MX to to MLS is that I, I feel like League MX teams are always more technically sound than MLS players. Like their touches, their hmm. spraying passes, their ball movement always seems to be a little bit better than than Major League Soccer teams, and I, I still think that is the case. However, I honestly think like. It, the gap is getting closer and maybe that's just because we're now more privy to seeing the lesser teams as you pointed out yeah Jeff, the, the i agree that wouldn't i be agree making champions league every every week but i feel like the gap isn't as big as maybe as it once used to be yeah. i agree uh, yeah i agree as well um and let, let's just get into talking about tfc and the league's cup because we're on this roll right now yeah, yeah um yeah. And, and i think we we should address it um because look they they they're two group stage games uh one against nycfc and one against atlas look um let's just get the elephant in the room if we're talking about elephants in the room there's two mm-hmm. of them uh takes and uh how badly tfc played especially in the first game against nycfc look a a Mm -hmm. five nil drubbing at red bull arena against nycfc to open league's cup is it i I mean look there's a lot of things that have been written and said about that performance but i I mean is this the low point now like have tfc fans have they experienced the lowest now or is there still another floor to this never ending you know I don't think barrel of dread i don't think what we're at rock bottom think? because there's there's still sentiments among tfc fandom i mean we see them all the time in the chat uh let's get rid of adama diamande 
right? Well, cool. We'd all love to get rid of Vildama Diamande, but unless we're eating his contract or a mutual termination, there are no dance partners for Adama Diamande, right? So I do think that there's this crushing realization among TFC fandom. And I use Diamande as an example. I could, I could talk about the DPs. I could talk about just about anybody here. Um, you know, I do think that crushing realization that we don't, we, there's more flotsam than, than usable assets is another rung on the, on the ladder. This you personally, I think the healing doesn't start until everybody's on the same page. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. It's an ideal I'd like to have. And that includes understanding who gets a pass fail grade this year. That's understanding. And it might take a lot of distance, but understanding where the blame lies for this season, because right now it, a lot of it's being levied in, in directions that I think maybe are wrong or maybe a little bit overstated. And, uh, and this idea that, you know, we're not recouping losses with a lot of this. We are in a hole of our own design and it's going to take a lot of time and a lot of money with almost no return to get out of it. So this idea that, you know, Diamande is a trade chip is 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 ridiculous and the fact that it's still being banded around means that there's still unrealistic expectations or it suggests that there's still unrealistic expectations circling around this club that need to be understood before we've properly reached rock bottom for a reset yeah no i i don't know where that diamante stuff is is coming from but Mm -hmm. yeah i think you you said that right um is this rock bottom for tfc i mean so they've now lost eight matches in a row, which is a new club record. They've gone 629 well, they've gone minutes. nine in a row, remember. They've gone nine in a row lost. Have they? Yeah. Or was it nine in a row winless? No, 12. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Bailey, we were one, yeah, we're one away from yeah, we nine are, in a row was we how went we started 9 in 2012. I was yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> We went yeah, 0 and yeah, 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're close. Okay. We're close. We're close, yeah. and we've and we've definitely exceeded some some uh, uh uh records on the bad side but not that one okay cool uh according to our guy martin bailey it's a club record but really oh i thought okay well according to our guy martin bailey i'm not never arguing with martin bailey so let's just let's just pretend that it's right and fair enough on. yeah um so i'm just going to continue uh with a couple of martin's numbers here that he put out um, the 629 minutes without a goal, that's obviously an insane stretch. That spans over, I believe, seven matches, but it's been six full matches that they've gone without a goal the entire Terry Dunfield era. Uh, they're 11 winless, which is just the third time ever. Um, they were winless in 12 back in 07 and 11 in 2012. So they're creeping on up to some pretty... Uh, and ceremonies territory, I guess let's call mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, points per game so far in all competitions this season 0.7 points per game. That's 19 points from 27 matches, <sighs> 19 goals in 19 match or in 27 matches as well. Uh, so they're scoring at, I believe, is their worst clip in club history right now. Yeah. Um, which is for the talent that they possess is pretty, pretty remarkable right now. Um, so yeah, the, the goal, the goalish streak, like I said, 629, I believe it is 
the club record is 823. So they still got a little ways to go to get back to that that club record, which was what, 2011, 2012? Or was it, was it their first season? Was it, I think that might have been 20, 2007, yeah. I think that's yeah. the first season. Was that yeah. the, when Danny Dicchio broke it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyways, the, the fact that we're comparing it to times like that, that is absolutely remarkable. And I, I, I think it has to be rock bottom. Like that 5 nil defeat to New York City FC, that was their biggest defeat, I believe, since the Chris mm-hmm. Armist firing match which was, was a 7-1 defeat to dc united so i want to say it's rock bottom for this club i, I do i, I mm-hmm. think it is yeah um i don't know i i really don't know if it is rock bottom i i kind of mm-hmm. lean towards what jeff was saying like i i don't know if we actually have mm-hmm. reached because, rock bottom yet yeah because the 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 sort of the that kind of dichotomy between reality and 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 hope that's festering in tfc live has to you have to allow that some of it's occurring behind the scenes at the club that there are still different camps at the club that are trying to achieve this or this or fix this mistake or fix that mistake it's not a unified front yet so rock bottom you know by dictionary definition means is there are no more projects everybody's sitting on their hands going oh my God, do we leave or do we stay, right? The fact that, that, that there are still things going, that, you know, there are still things in, in movement that haven't been, and again, this is an ideal, it's probably not the reality. I just, I think there's still a, a ways to go. I think there's still a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, I, I, I think it's close. Like, I, I mean, Wednesday was pretty much as close as you could get to rock bottom, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like, it was un- it's, it's not just terrible. that they were, yeah, it's not that they were just outplayed. It was that at just a certain point, those players knew in their hearts they were not going to win that game. And it mm-hmm. kind of, it showed. It showed very clearly. Up. Yeah, they gave up. Yeah. And I, I'll take yeah. back. I tweeted that, that I agreed with Terry Dunfield's post-game comments. Like, they didn't give up. You know, they just got beat by a better team. I said that at the time. I've sort of thought about it a bit more and took it away. And I have, you know, I have changed my mind on that. I think they did give up. You know, I, I don't think everyone gave up. But I think a lot of players just realized, well, we're not getting back into this. So do I, you know, instead of sprinting 80%, do I go 60%, you know? Yeah. If or I'm do I go zero? Well, I mean, like if I put his foot in for a challenge, maybe I only go halfway. You know, do I really need to jump for this header? Probably not going to win it. Let this defender win it. and Maybe we'll win the second ball and someone else will do it. I feel yep. like there was a lot of that. Someone else. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I think someone I think else that's, will do it. I think that's the, the thesis statement of TFC in 2023. Someone else will do it. Right. And it's it's come up constantly. Someone else's problem. Someone else's fault. Someone else needs to do this for me to do that. There's no accountability, and we saw it writ large on the field that night. Um, I have a question for you because what are are we going to fault Terry for those euphemisms publicly? I mean, because the the option the alternate is pure chaos. I mean, it's everybody was was garbage. You know, especially these guys just putting them all on blast publicly. It's not his style. This guy's an academy coach that deals with teenagers that are all hormones and, and, and all 
uh, grudges. I, I can't, Im- I, I just, I don't know if I want to live in a world where the coach is expected to do that. I, of course you're going to give out the platitudes, you know, I, I think it's, it's unrealistic to expect that Terry's going to be brutally honest in a, in a press conference. We all saw that it wasn't good enough, but I don't think it's his, it's, it should be, I, I don't think it's the right idea for him to put them on blast. We expect, we hope that the hair dryers out in the locker room. I mean, for FFS, but I don't, I don't think it's proper decorum to do that. So, so I, I, I kind of rally against the people that were sort of like, well, you know, Terry was lying. Well, of course he was lying. I mean, what, <laughs> what's the alternative? You know, I just, I wonder if you have thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think too, too much of it either way. Um, I, Cause I think we all know the reality of the situation, which is that they players on that field that day absolutely did give up. And regardless mm-hmm. of what Terry says, if they didn't, if they did, I, it really didn't matter to me, but that was obviously mm-hmm. a major talking point throughout the fan base and throughout anybody who was watching that game because I, I honestly, from the first time something went wrong, a ball was played too too far or they tried to keep a ball and they couldn't keep it in or if they had a bad touch, you could see mm-hmm. it in their body language just how how frustrated they are. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, how fragile i think mike you've kind of touched on this the past yeah. couple of weeks just how fragile this team's mentality is right now like when things are going wrong it just the smallest thing right now is kind of opening another door for this team for other things to go wrong and it just keeps piling on and on and on and and you, you see that on the pitch quite clearly uh, and i think that was really really evident against new york city fc despite coming off a, a what a two-week layoff almost, right? Yeah. Where yeah. Terry had, had two weeks to get this team ready, and it just felt like mentally, more so than anything, they just mm-hmm. weren't weren't there and weren't ready uh, for a New York City FC side that was going to be hungry to to get some points. Yeah, that's a very good part. point. That's yeah, you know what else is scary? Is that we're looking at a three-week break, and we just saw what a two-week break that did. Absolutely nothing. Um so yeah, I mean, you want to talk about lack of faith and <laughs> in things, you know, uh, it is what it is, fellas. But uh, yeah, it's um, it, it, it it's scary, and yeah, and they are scary. a very fragile team right now um, in terms of not just their on the field presence, but as you mentioned, their mentality uh, is very fragile, uh, and and it's it. I think we're at a point now where we have to be careful. I know a lot of people are talking about, we'll talk about this a little bit in the burning mm. question because we did ask about Terry Dunfield's future for the rest of the season. But I think we have to protect some of the young players right now in terms of the, mm. the environment that they're in and how, how bad things are. Because there, if there's, if we're looking at that on the pitch, what does off the pitch look like? You mentioned about Terry's comments, and yes, Terry has to say that in public, right? He can't, he can't go ripping players, right? It, it, it just in this, it, why, it, there's why no not? benefit. There's no benefit to it right now. There's like, no benefit. It's like being called out by your that. boss. Yeah, it's like it's you know, it, right? Like it just in the chess move of life, I don't know what it accomplishes, right? If he's gonna, if he's putting his players on blast publicly 
not only in the in the minute, you know, what it does to the locker room, but also, I mean, this guy wants to coach. I mean, you know, regardless of anything, he's been gifted this opportunity, whether it's a poison chalice or not, to to go full Mourinho or full Antonio Conte, you know, off the back of five games, zero goals, zero points. It 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 doesn't it, it's just a bad move for everybody. Well, you know well, what I, mean? what I will what my rebuttal to that would be that's not working. Mm. Why that's not? Fair. Why that's not fair. A different, honest approach. I mean, would players in that locker room be offended if Terry Dunfield commented on what everybody literally watching that game observed? Yes. If they would, then I don't want them. I wouldn't want them in that locker room if those are the type of players. That's that they another are, question, right? and I agree with you. I agree with you. There's a standard. I agree with you. And I, you know, if, if they're going to be short of that standard. You're 100% correct. If they're going to be more upset about their coach putting them on blast than all of the world watching that abysmal attempt at soccer, there is, there is pro, we're, we're in a world of hurt. And I absolutely agree with you. But with I that think being that... said, we're already in that world of hurt. So it's about, you know what I mean? It's, it's about maybe not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. But I agree with you. I agree with you. And I also think it's a very good point. Why not, why not try being being the bad cop if the good cop isn't working i i because don't disagree I, because i think we just said it right this team is fragile so being the mm. bad cop does not improve in performances it's not going to improve performances and they will care about what the coach says because like it or not tfc fans generally speaking the players yes they read the tweets they read social media they read they the press no matter what they tell you they do of course they do but in terms of how they take stock into what you say online generally it's little right? It's little in stock they take. They'll take stock in a, in a head coach, even if it's interim, right? Even if it's Terry Dunfield and maybe they don't respect the the, the level that he's coached at or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know whether that's true or not. It's just, just using that as an example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't think that improves your situation. I don't think that goes out and guys get all fired up and they're going to raw, raw and go out and get it. That's not how professional sports generally works for managers mm -hmm. in today's game. The, the they the the tactics are important, but the man management, the management of people, is almost as important, if not more important, than the tactics. We're finding that out right now because of this runaway train of right? ego and, and hubris that we're now. Yeah, and I just don't, I just don't yeah. think that going out and, and ripping Jaquil Marshall Ruddy or going out and taking a strip off Federico Bernardeschi, like that's just not. It's not other than it gives us satisfaction as fans because we're like, ah, there's the coach finally giving them a giving them a a rip. But realistically, mm -hmm. like in the in the just a grand scheme of how pro sports teams work and results and so like it, it just serves no real purpose other than to divide your locker room even further. Right. To me, it just solidifies camps and solidifies people who think, ah, you know what, I'm in this yeah. camp. And I, I you mean, know what I mean, like, listen, I don't want to speak for Mikey Singh, but but to to parse out what he's saying i would hope that at this point there's one camp that's staying and that's the ones that are enthralled to the badge and everybody else can get effed so you know at the end of the day if that decision's been made already there is merit to what mikey singh is saying which is you know people are screaming for transparency people are screaming for an end to platitudes we're defending terry's platitudes because on a surface level it makes sense to not rock the boat and he's got a vested interest in this etc cetera, etc cetera, ad infinitum that all of that being said you know 
if there's no consequence to pissing off the people that already have their foot out the door, then maybe it does do work to establish, you know, this is a new leaf for the club. Talk is cheap, but, you know, something definitive like that could make a lot of headways. It's certainly going to silence some of the pitchfork mob that are screaming, you know, why Why is he lying to us? We, we all had eyes, right? And ignoring the social etiquette of the, of the situation. I just, you know, at the end of the day, if we are at rock bottom or near rock bottom, there are no sacred cows. Um, and, you know, Terry took this poison chalice with in, under full, uh, we hope, under, under full possession of the facts, knowing that this is a poison chalice. So maybe we take the training wheels off with Terry. And if, and if he's, if he's, you know, if he, if, if that's his sentiment, you know, cause we all heard that rumor that there was that on at BMO training pitch, you know, he brought the, the, the hairdryer out, you know, it, it maybe can't do any more harm, right? We are, we are looking at absolute hell right now. So, you know, maybe, maybe it helps. Yeah, fair enough. Um, mm. And maybe this rolls a bit into last night's game against Atlas, uh, a win, mm-hmm. a one nil defeat where truly the game was over within two minutes. Right before like, I got there, thanks TTC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, they scored, and I mean, I don't know how many of you really thought that maybe TFC could get a leveler. I did not, um, but you know, within the two minutes, you, you the, the game was over. Right, it, yep. it, that's the feeling. That's where we're at when we're talking about all these issues. Um, it was a younger team. Then we saw no Bernadeschi again out of the lineup for parent injury reasons. For reasons. Um, well, that that's what's being reported, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm not speculating yes. anywhere any other way than that. Um, mm-hmm. But he was out, uh, and and again, there, there's no uh, unless Mike, you know something. There's no additional rumors about him leaving. The rumors that we know are the rumors that we know currently. Um, so we'll I see. Guess- what what I'll say about that is, you know, after the match too, Terry Dunfield did talk about how before the NYCFC game, Bernardeski said that he picked up a little thing in his hamstring, was still able to start that match, was able to go 45 minutes, wasn't himself in that game, right? Terry Dunfield decided, maybe Bernardeski as well decided halftime with the game out of reach, I believe it was what? Three or four, nothing at yeah, that point. Three at that point, yeah. Um, so the game out of reach. Uh, Bernadeski was taken off at halftime. Now, throughout the week, Terry Dunfield said that you know Bernadeski didn't train on on Friday. Was able to go seventy five percent on Saturday. You know, by this time the lineup is out, and it was Terry Dunfield's decision to not include Bernadeski in the eleven, right, and. I don't know. Like, I, 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 what my understanding is that Bernadeschi wanted to play and he was, he did not play. Right. So I'll leave it at that. Um, Dunfield saying that the team wanted to take a cautious approach with, with Bernadeschi, give him the three weeks off instead of risking him against Atlas, which, you know, in, in, taking a step back is probably the right move in a game that you're probably not going to, it doesn't really mean anything. Let's put it that way. That said, I don't know. Shenanigans. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to necessarily believe on that front, but that's the, the club's official stance on the whole situation. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And, and the conspiracy theorists that are saying it's to protect himself for a move. Well, we've only got, what, three days to find out if that's uh, the reality. Plus, the, the I don't window. Close Doesn't the trade window close on the second? The transfer window closes on the window. Well, we can yeah. transfer them out. So, you just can't yeah, bring you can transfer them out. You can transfer them out. You're going to be able to do it. MLS. Oh, man. Yeah. So they could transfer out, but they wouldn't be able to do with any. They wouldn't be able to do anything with the gam they get. Tam, uh, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, yeah. Exactly. Great. Awesome. Um, but I wanted to focus in on yesterday and specifically post-game with Os- Jonathan Osorio's comments uh, to the press in the mix zone after thank you. the game. Got that one. Um, and I want to clarify also something really quickly. I made this mistake as well when sort of looking for this. Um, and I saw it out there online, but some people were like, well, why didn't TFC put Jonathan Osorio's press conference on the website after the game? It was in a mixed zone, so those don't get published. Um, there isn't like cameras or anything, at least I don't mm-hmm. think there were uh, cameras in the mixed zone. So it's just journalists basically asking him questions and him uh, responding to them. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, I heard a little nugget that uh, post pressers, uh, all of that content is a league's cup thing, not an MLS thing. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, MLS is pretty late with getting that stuff around, but they've at least got experience and infrastructure. This league's cup team are approaching it as rookies. That's why you're seeing some precipitous audio quality, technical issues, all of the stuff that you would see with, with a crew that isn't as uh, well-versed in, in all the little hiccups that can happen. Um, and they have they have their own mandate um, in in with respect to you know what comes out and let's be real um, TFC are their lowest priority you know T- mo- the teams that are crashing out of this tournament are not going to get as much attention as Messi let's be honest Messi gets yeah. all the attention from from both MLS and League's Cup so yeah uh, uh, that's an important thing to to mention uh, you know, I, I, I just, I found it out myself, uh, you know, I never assume, I guess, I guess the, uh, the old adage, you know, uh, uh, making assumptions, make us an ass out of you and me, but I had assumed that it was the same people and it wasn't, uh, so credit where credit is due. It's an entirely different crew. Yeah. And I, again, I just wanted to get that out there too, so that people just understand how that works. Um, mm-hmm. so it's not TFC sort of ducking behind anything, but here are the comments, um, from Jonathan Osorio. Uh, this is, uh, I got this from John Molinaro. Um, I think, it, it, I think in this, uh, coming break, uh, it's, it's very crucial for the club now, uh, to take steps to address these problems. I think we all know what those problems are. Uh, and mm-hmm. again, as players, we got to look at ourselves first. But I think responsibility as well is on the club and those higher up. And then he goes on to say, as players, we have to look at ourselves as the uh, as a club. There's a lot of work to be done. So, Jenna, I wanted to get your thoughts on that comment. Obviously, the first part of that where, you know, he's talking about he's talking about the higher ups, you know, the, mm-hmm. that's that's Bill. That's Jason Hernandez. That's you know, um, other other players in sort of the shaping of the soccer part of the business, you know, what, uh, you know, the, the work that they need to do to get the club back on track. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on his comments and, and sort of generally he has not really spoken out a lot about this kind of stuff. Um, but interesting, he sort of took that moment to, to do that. So I wanted to get your thoughts. Who goes first? Uh, so I, I think... I think the one sentiment I saw going around uh, when that quote was posted was 
oh, Jonathan Osorio was calling for Bill Manning out. That's not how I read it. That's a stretch. That's reaching. Um, I think Jonathan Osorio is calling for Bill Manning to make changes behind the scenes in the organization, figure out exactly what the team's soccer operations department looks like, figure out exactly what their transfer network looks like, figure out what their scouting network looks like, figure out what their physio looks like, figure out what their sports science department looks like, figure out all the things behind the scenes that, you know, we're not as privy to. Um, Mm -hmm. And I also think he's potentially calling for bigger changes in the roster. Now there have been some pretty decent changes since Jason Hernandez has taken over, but I, I think, as we've talked about on the show, there's a couple culture setters, let's call them on the team. And the culture that's being set right now is not a great culture. And it's not one that Jonathan Azorio has been accustomed to. So I think he's, 100%. he's saying there's people that are higher up that not only do the players take some responsibility, but the people that are higher up have to be responsible for initiating some of the change over the next three weeks. So, yeah, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting three weeks to watch because now that we have a break, it's now some time to make significant changes, I think, at the club. And I guess we'll see exactly what Jason Hernandez and Bill Manning do with Jonathan Azorio's stance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, one of the things that I love about Oso is is he's tends to be a man of few words. Um, you know, his clap back at the TVA reporter in a, in a strangely unilluminated uh, BMO field. Hey, well, you know, TFC's got an MLS cup and Montreal does not walk off. Um, he doesn't mince words, but nowhere in it is he calling for a person's head. He's speaking to the rot at all levels of the club, at all levels of the club. Um, and, you know, he's not wrong. He's 100% right. And he didn't word it in a way like we're just so used to these outbursts now, you know, being not very subtle attacks, being entirely transparent attacks that will want to pretend that they're being subtle. Well, Oso's doing the complete opposite. He's being subtle because he's got manners and that subtlety people are going to take it as direct because we've been inundated with it over the course of this season, but it's simply not the case. You know, if anything, he's saying that the club's lost its way, which is what we know. And it's lost its way in every conceivable direction from from what Mike was so eloquently trying to express scouting to sports sciences, everything. So, you know, people can say that myopically as, you know, Bill Manning's got to go. I just see it as, you know, there's a rot. The club is in stasis mode. Heads have to roll. Things have to change. I don't care what, like, I'm not saying specifically heads, but I am saying there are big changes need to happen. Not these, not these piecemeal ones. Yeah. I think there's ways to ask uh, for accountability without necessarily saying somebody has to get fired. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that's the heart of what I interpreted out of his comments is that, look, there does has to be, there does has to be, or have to be, excuse me, a- accountability from the top. Right. Yep. It comes from, like I've said in weeks previous, it comes from Bill Manning and works its way down. And there needs to be some accountability there. And again, at, 
whether you agree that Bill Manning needs to be out and there needs to be another president or if there needs to be more accountability from Bill himself, really putting his hand up. And look, we talked about his press conference a couple of weeks ago. I mean, do we do we really feel we got that from him? I'm not really sure about that. No, not um, so, you know, from from that perspective, I think that's kind of the accountability we're looking for. And and a lot of fans are looking for and, and Jonathan Osorio would be looking for. And as you said, Mike, I, I think it's about how how are the people at the top going to put this club in a position to best compete uh, at yep. all levels. And, and I think that's really where that comment comes from, because right now it's just, it just simply, there doesn't seem to be anybody right now that are, that is taking that accountability to try to make that happen. Now I know there are things sort of now in the works that are sort of going on. Um, but you know, it's kind of a show me, don't tell me kind of uh situation that we're in right now yeah and yeah, that that's kind exactly. of what i got out of his comments me too me too yeah getting yeah. back to the atlas game before i forget i yeah. think the thing that frustrated me so much about the atlas game uh was this you know just shoot the ball i don't understand like there were so many moments where Someone, you know, someone had a shot and passed it off. I'm not, I, I don't care to remember who it was because I want to forget that game as quickly as possible. But this emphasis on like training room routine, uh, training ground routines, training pitch routines, this emphasis on like flashy interspersing tiki taka, like what, let's what, forget what flashiness about that. did you see it? I, I just <laughs> noticed the reluctance. I saw to, them to actually be... connecting some passes, which I have not seen in a while. <laughs> maybe maybe let me table that until i'm more awake because there's a nugget of something there this like like just 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 blunt force trauma it in to the net like enough of like you know setting up free kicks and deciding what kind of shenanigans it's going to be like i'm gonna i'm gonna dummy this one and we're gonna try like just get it on frame guys like seriously like you know what i mean like let's forget about all of the minutiae all of the like level two you know uh medium level skill moves like just shoot the ball and let's see what happens. I think well, we're at that point and, and it frustrates me that like, we're still trying to do tricksy techie stuff. Like just shoot the ball, just pass it to the guy in front of net, make a lunk headed run, shoot the ball, stay on. Make it sound so easy. Yeah, Jeff. So easy I, I know, I know, I know. Here's the thing, I, Jeff, that I actually think, it, you know, last night was maybe the best offensive sort of performance this is my other, this I've is my other problem. in a month and i know we're scraping the bottom of the barrel but this is this is my problem because it's a mirage atlas don't like possession they're hot like against real soccer teams not tfc they're happy to see possession for 90 minutes and 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 get into a low block and hope that you break them down they had a cushion coming into this game and then in minute two they're one up on us right like we they gave us space because they didn't care and, you know, and so and, and I feel like and I'm not saying it's you, but I've seen a lot of takes where it's like, oh, look, you know, we completed passes. We must be it, it's the best I've ever seen. It doesn't take into account the fact that Atlas were happy to let us do that. They were happy. I, I don't to think let that's do completely that. true, because I mean, look, teams in MLS have taken leads on us as well and, and sit back and we have not been able to connect passes and, and get 
blunt force out of a game four nil five. That's fair. That's right. Like, so I, you know, from that perspective, I get what you're saying. Like I, you're not Mm. wrong in the sense that yes, of course, Atlas had no real impetus to attack a ton because they were up one nil. And technically I think they were up like five nil to the goal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had to score like, Eight months worth of goals to yeah to even yeah and that was going to happen. We scored yeah, as yeah. Martin Bailey was in. I think we scored six in 110 days. So yeah. you know that 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 tells you that that game was over. But essentially, from um, I guess just I, I think the difference and again scraping from the bottom of the barrel here was that there you know when you took when you when you sort of had a younger team that was sort of you know, finding ways to connect with each other. There was a little bit more of that in that game. Now, did Atlas take their foot off the gas? Probably. But it still is worth mentioning uh, that they did look a little bit more fluid. And when I say a little bit, again, we're not talking from... Granted, the, I, the don't, yeah, I don't need to be my open. You're, you're right. You're granted. You're granted. Uh, one thing I did, I did really like yesterday was I see a couple people in the chat talking about Lazar Stefanovic. Uh, I thought his mm-hmm. performance for a 16-year-old center back uh, to go up against a, a team like Atlas who have some pretty strong physical attacking players for him to, mm-hmm. to I think, hold his own. Yeah, there were, sure, there were some moments, but, I mean, he's 16 years old where, yeah. you, you know, you make – a silly pass here or there, a learning point, a learning moment for a young kid. But man, I think you could see why so many people at the club are so high on this yeah. kid. And I think Absolutely. just getting the full sample size of the full 90 minutes, seeing him start from beginning to end, seeing him grow into the match, seeing his confidence. I I loved how, how he honestly adds like a little bit of a different element on the ball. He seems like he's very comfortable with the ball at his feet. He seems like he's a smart yep. decision maker there at the back. And yeah, he's he's a bit bigger than I, I initially thought he was for a 16-year-old kid. So, man, TFC have a really good one in Lazar Stefanovic. And that's, again, another thing I love about Terry Dunfield is that mm. he's giving us opportunities and fans opportunities. And more importantly, these young players opportunities to get their feet wet in, in MLS. And I thought, to Mike's point, the team around him, for the most part, didn't really leave him out to dry too often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there were, again, there were times, absolutely. The one play where he was 2v1, and thankfully, the you know, he made the right read. He didn't commit one way or another too early, too late, but the, the pass went right to him, and he intercepted it on a two on one, which I thought was, you know, a good confident moment for, for a young 16 year old kid. Um, and yeah, the players around him, I think they did a good job of at least giving him some sort of structure to play around. Um, and, you know, the one thing we talked about Wednesday is this team didn't compete. I think Saturday or Sunday, I think this team absolutely did try and compete. And Jonathan Azorio has taken a lot of flack this season for, you know, maybe his play because it hasn't been up to standard. I thought he was wearing that captain's arm, man. I thought he was setting the tempo in terms of getting yep. that effort and demanding more out of his teammates over and over 100%. and over again. Um so yeah, I give credit where credit's due on that front. That said, mm-hmm. you know, final third is still gonna be this team's problem over and over and over again. Yeah, Jeff, you're saying just pass it, kick it to the towards the goal. Yeah, like I don't know who's gonna do that. Like who really has a, a shot from outside yeah, the box on this yeah, team? Maybe, I just, maybe I, Ozo, yeah. maybe Brandon Servania. The other thing is, you know, this team does try simplifying things and going out wide and swinging some crosses in. They got in some really good positions to swing in some crosses in. And Jaquil Marcerati and, and DeAndre yeah. Kerr, 
they're not they're not good crossers of the ball. And I think that's yeah. also an element that we really missed overall this season is that we don't have enough guys from out wide who are either a willing to whip balls in or b are capable of whipping Can. a good ball. Yeah. In. So yeah. there's, I mean, when you talk about different ways to, to go out about a team and attack a team, we, we don't have the ability to, or TFC don't have the ability to break a, a low press. They don't have the ability to move the ball quick enough in certain patterns and execute um, to create clear-cut scoring chances. They don't have the ability to so get right. balls out wide and spray, spray balls into the middle to a striker that's willing to attack the ball. And they don't really possess guys who can consistently find the net from outside the box. So uh, there's no, like when you think about, Oh, how is this team going to score? Do it. Mm. Quite yeah. honestly, the best, the team's best chance to score is off set pieces, off corner kicks. Like that's when I get the most hope watching this team and they're going to find them back in the net. And that's you're not right. a recipe or formula for any type of success. So no, yeah. you're right. It speaks to how poorly this roster has been constructed. I mean, there it yeah. is right there. We just, you know, we can't even do the simple stuff. I mean, to to, to the, the TLDR of, of your answer there, and I, I buy it. I mean, it's 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 horrifying. It's horrifying. It's legit horrifying. Well, that's yeah. how you get three wins in a season, you know, and yeah. have scored a goal yeah. in seven games. So yeah. um, let's uh, let's put our bow on uh, the least Cup. It was bad. They are out. <laughs> um, so they are not going to be going through, obviously. Uh, Atlas and New York City FC are through to the round of 16. Um, shout out to Vancouver Whitecaps. They're through. Um, yeah. Crazy, crazy ending to that game um, in LA uh, where they were out. And then a late Brian Whitecoal sends them mm-hmm. through. And now they're playing Tigris at home. Um, I at, know. Uh, at BC Place, I think on like Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Tigris, Tigris at home. Uh, yeah, but not it's at gonna be wild time. for them. Yeah. So, uh, so, all right. Good on uh, the Whitecaps. Um, uh, all right. So let's go into the Michael Singh notebook here. Um, a couple of things to to sort of look at here. First of all, um, Cassius Malula is official, um, and it's Cassius, I believe, uh, Malula. So I apologize mm-hmm. for uh, he pronounced the initial first name, um, but yeah. he is in officially. Um, I don't know if he's in Toronto yet, um, but uh, still pending sort of ITCs and things like that. Probably going to clear pretty soon, or if they haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, just really, just really quickly, what, uh, again, Mike, you may know, this may have been relayed to you, um, I've taken mm-hmm. some, again, looks at him as a player from video clips and things like that, but what type of TFC, uh, player are TFC getting here? Yeah, he's, he's going to be, I think one that is exciting and capable of, you know, playing in tight areas, but also having the pace to get in behind and really run it guys take guys on left foot right foot uh they're getting really a dynamic speedy in my opinion probably closer to a winger although he can again play some kind of role as a striker if that's the way the team wants to go but they're they're quite fancy getting a guy that we haven't really seen tfc have for a while and that's a guy that can consistently attack guys and and try to beat them 1v1 uh when you look at TFC's roster, like, yeah, like Lorenzo Insigne, again, can sidestep a guy or two, but he's not taking the ball, picking the mm-hmm. ball up and beating two, three, four players. I think Ashes Malula kind of has sort of a, a similar skill set. So, again, I think when you think about this guy, like, speed is the first thing. The second thing is his willingness to to get into the right areas 
and I don't think he's afraid to to put his foot in in a play where he thinks he's going to be able to score. And mm-hmm. three, it, it seems like from all accounts, he's a decent finisher as well. So, yeah, I, I think, again, he's a type of profile, type of player that this club just doesn't have. Closest thing maybe was a Jaden Nelson. He's like a less skilled, more direct version of Jaden Nelson. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and then one of the things we talked about last week, and I think this is so huge, so key, is he's going to be so hungry to prove himself. And he's going to be so motivated to prove himself, which, again, when you look at this team's roster, where it is right now, there's not a whole ton of that. Um, I think, again, even from some of the young players, there's a lot of complacency right now. Yep. And I think this guy is going to bring the exact opposite into that. So a bit of freshness off the pitch as well. So, yeah, a lot of reasons. Like the, the type of profile, the type of signing, we'll see exactly how he translates into... Well, yep. not only Major League Soccer, just Toronto FC's environment overall. We'll see if he can be the start of maybe a change in culture here. Yep, yep. I mean, I I have I have worries. I'm worried about everything. I'm not going to voice them because I don't want to be a downer after being a downer for 55 minutes. I'm excited <laughs> about this signing quite a bit. Um, the only thing I will say is there was an interview, uh, a YouTube interview that that Reddit of all places I found on, and oh my God, we play in Canada. Not the Amer- not United States of America. Toronto FC is in Canada. It's a different country. I was going crazy because they never mentioned Canada once and said America about 400,000 times. Minor complaint. Um, seems like a cool dude. Seems uh, like a good guy. Uh, certainly love talking to all of South Africa on TFC branded tweets and Instagram posts now. It's a lot of fun. They, uh, they have high hopes for him. And... Uh, you can't ignore that. I mean, the, you, you look at you look at his performance with the uh, with the what is it the Sundowners, and Sundown, uh, yeah. you know he yeah he beca- he went from academy kid to first teamer like guaranteed starter in one season, and also his ascent in the national team was this season. So we're getting him at the beginning of something special, hopefully, and uh, hopefully we don't ruin him because uh, you know he's coming to us looking looking pretty pretty schmexy. So. Uh, yeah, let's hope let's hope that that pays off. Yeah, and and I think the other thing that I'm intrigued to see about him is just where does he exactly fit in to this team? Um, I think it's clear that he's not really an out and out striker per se. We're gonna sure play him as striker. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. Are we? I mean, it, that's that's a that's a question. I think we have to sort of ask because. Uh, as mm-hmm. From what I saw from his, like he can play as a striker, but generally it's withdrawn from a main number nine, um, or or he's cutting in um, from the right as a as a sort of a left footed kind of attacker. Um, so mm-hmm. I, again, I don't know if he is going to actually be a striker. I know there's sort of stuff out there that he is a striker i don't think i'll be even happier if we don't play him as one because it means it means amazing things for my uh mental state but yeah Yeah, i don't know if he's going to play directly as a striker all the time but i'll just be interested to see how he fits in um and where exactly they put him in from an attacking perspective yeah me too yeah me too i can see like a 4-4-2 and he's a secondary striker or Mm. if you want to go like a 4-2-3-1 We'll see if Bernadeski stays, but if Bernadeski does, maybe Bernadeski is the number ten, Malula on the on the right wing, and then 
roll the dice at who you want as your your striker. Um, Sick pick them. But yeah, not- it's it's not it's not we're we're reading into it this season. I think that doesn't even matter where he plays this yeah. season. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's you're right. You're where right. he's gonna fit, you know, moving forward. So. Yeah, uh, I I like the ad. Let's put it that way, and we'll see exactly yeah, how he uh, fits. Yeah, and I think just to to put a bow on this, I think this is again, look, it, it's one signing. It, it doesn't mean people everything's fixed, but th- if this is the way Toronto FC are going, where Jason Hernandez is going with future signings, with the way that they're going to try to put together a team for twenty twenty four, encouraging. Because yeah. these are the type of signings and markets and player profiles and in terms of age and in terms of ability that TFC should be targeting. I know it's not the sexy European big no more of that flash signing for, for for at least ten years. No more, yeah, of that. Please, I, I, please. Bob, no My more poor heart. because I don't know if they're going to be able to get mm. rid of the two they already have. <laughs> but um, you know, like mm. I, I think this is the kind of this is the way you build a roster in MLS now. Mm-hmm. It's you know, yep. you get you get the big sexy signings after you build the cart, not before you build the cart. Yeah. So yeah. I I think that's I think that's the overall sort of positive thing you can take out of this. And look, I, I wish him well. I'm gonna be rooting for him. TFC fans, be patient with him. He's again Kevin. it's kind of like Lorenzo Insigne coming from a place he's never left home. Like he's he's never left home. Like that is such a deep cut. I don't. I, you may be. You both may be too young for this, but the Sundowner is a is a strip club of some re, some repute. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> but the Sundowner they had they had commercials on TV. So yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. And every oh, time man. I talk about the Sundowners, I think about the Sundowner. So <laughs> thanks, Kevin. I got the joke at the very least. Uh, cheers there you go, to that. Kevin. Thanks for the joke, mm-hmm. Kev. Um, but yeah, yeah let, let's be patient with them and let's see uh, how he does. Um, obviously, look, it's going to be what. 11 games um, that I'll have yeah. before the season ends. Uh, so again, let, let's just, let's pump the brakes and take some time with him. I, uh, I okay. thought it was done. I mean, I don't go to strip clubs very often, but uh, I thought it was long done. Uh, before we get into AO, IO, AO, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're three cheers for Jason. Niagara strip clubs. <laughs> three, three cheers for Jason Hernandez. I like these moves. And he found a dance partner to take uh, Akinola off our hands. I'm 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 pleased with what he's been able to do in a very short. It's a positive time. start. Yeah, it's a positive yeah. start, and and let's roll into it. Um, Io Akinola going on loan to San Jose with an option to buy, which is I I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I was surprised anybody was going to take Io. Um, now, granted, it's a loan, so kind of risk free in a way for mm-hmm. San Jose. I don't know what the option to buy is. If there's an automatic trigger to that, or they have the option to actually buy or not buy. But I mean, for for IO, um, fresh start, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. and Mike, you kind of touched on this um, when we're talking about Cassius. It, a lot of the young players, a lot of the young Toronto-based players, are pretty comfortable, right? Like make decent money, live at home. All your all your all your buddies, all your boys yeah. are telling you you're great, right? Everybody you know knows you play for TFC. Like it's it's a comfortable life, and you, you don't necessarily have to get out of the zone that you've always known. Whereas I find that again, you can use Mark Anthony K or Jordan Hamilton to a certain extent. Like yes, okay, you can talk about careers and things like that. But generally, those players that do leave Toronto and get out of the bubble uh, and, and go somewhere else 
tend to come back better players because they mm -hmm. have to sort of adapt to a new way of living. And maybe that's what Io really needs to kickstart his career. Yeah, I guess what I can tell people about the the Io transfer, um, it's something that his his party specifically has been pushing for for quite some time. Uh, wow. This is dating back to even the off season, end of last season, um, and TFC mutually they wanted that to happen. Um, so what I'll say is that Jason Hernandez is a miracle worker, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, to find a suitor right now for for Io, I didn't think it would happen, but credit to to Jason and Massive. maybe Io's party as well for helping facilitate a deal. And yeah, you're rooting for Io. I was a man. Io's a great, great, great kid. Yeah. Um, one of the, my favorite people to speak to when he does media, quite honestly, because he's, he's so authentic and so real, and and you know takes responsibility for. You know, he's honest. He's like I said, he's just hmm. straight up. Um, so he's someone absolutely, you know, I'm rooting for here uh, to go on and, and do some good things with San Jose. But man, for Jason Hernandez to pull this deal off in the state that, you know, Iowa Canola has been in, that's an, an honestly could be his best best piece of business this season. Uh, I would love to know what, how exactly those talks and those Richard conversations uh, says they, led, have, so. they have dirt. Richard says TFC has compromising photos of San Jose management. Well, hey man, Jason, uh, Jason Hernandez is a long time San Jose earthquake, you know? So that's he, true. He, he knows people. That's true. People. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Maybe that's it. But yeah, um, I, I saw he got on the pitch, I believe last night or the night before and came yeah. off yeah. as a substitute. So we'll see exactly. We'll, one to one monitor pretty closely uh, this yeah. season. Yeah, and I guess just just from a technical perspective, like do TFC actually get cap relief um, with this loan? Like, if he gets loaned out to another MLS club, do they get cap relief in any way? Yeah, so they get the, they free up the U twenty two initiative slot, I believe. Mm -hmm. Actually, I haven't looked into that. Yeah, thing. I would say um, but... that might be problematic because they you could run into an Atlanta situation where the, you know the other team doesn't take the that is that buy. is if you go out and you use it yes. in these next what two yeah. Three weeks. Plus, I'm not, plus you have I'm a bar taking. You have yeah, a bar bars... taking up another one of those slots, and then his deal is up at the end of the year. So, yeah, that doesn't that that's not a concern whatsoever. But um, the two hundred thousand maybe that comes off the books for TSC, but this wasn't a cap relief move. No. Um, and you know, one thing we forgot to add, and Terrence Bergers pointed out, they also get first <laughs> they got an international roster slot in return obviously one that san jose wasn't going to use but still that's going for right now about 150k mm -hmm. in yep, allocation yep. money so technically you got an asset for iowa canola which in turn they've used on cash Mayula. so yeah honestly unbelievable piece of business yeah, yeah unbelievable absolutely. absolutely um i guess you kind of really answered the why now question but i mean clearly it was both parties were looking for for a change mm -hmm. right and and look I, again like you said rooting for io um i hope this is something that helps jump over his court whether he comes back to tfc and is able to sort of pick up where he was where he was projected to go at some point or if it is with another mls team like i you know i, I think just from even from a national team perspective right if he can find yeah, exactly a place that he can feel comfortable and play his football and play well uh, then that bodes well for the national team. So, um, you know, uh, good luck to Io. Hopefully he he does well in San Jose. Um, and 
we'll we'll see how that option to buy. That would also if he if he ends up doing well at San Jose, that's also just a massive slap in the face and wake up call to TFC. Like yeah, for 100%. a guy in IO who's been as poor as he's been, for him to get out of this environment and all of a sudden start clicking, start cooking, yeah, like yeah. that looks really, really, really bad on the club mm-hmm. because as we've talked about, we can look at this team right now and there's no one that's really overperforming and overachieving in this yeah. environment that the club has has built here in Toronto. So. Yeah, so in that sense, I'm also rooting for Io because if this club also needs some more wake-up calls, it feels like. Yeah, and I wonder, look, he, he's going to San Jose. The head coach there is Luchi Gonzalez, who was head coach at Dallas, um, mm-hmm. and I think might have coached him when I was playing at the, for the American youth level uh, for U the level, U.S. Yeah, yeah. youth level. So I think, did, I think yeah. yeah, I think Lucci Gonzalez knows him quite well. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if he can get a song out of Io. Um, if he can, then again, yes, a bit of a slap in the face to to TFC from that perspective. But again, right coach, right situation, right time. Sometimes it's just how it works um, for footballers. Um, Playing and, next to uh, Cade Cowell and Christian Espinosa. I mean, yeah. Jeremy, they're in a playoff yeah, spot Jeremy too. Bobsy, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, right? Like, I imagine he's not going to. Like, I don't think they're going to play together. Yeah, exactly. No. Right. No. So I think, I but I mean, more of a it's side by side in training every day, right? Like, yeah, that, that could right. that could help. Um, so really quickly now, on a couple of sort of small hit items before we get to the burning question. Um, yeah. so Richie, um, again, I assume that an offer is still out there, but I highly doubt that's getting done. Um. But I, I don't know if there's any news there. It's been out there for quite some time. So it's interesting that that news comes down when it does. Um, yeah, the, those conversations and those discussions have been going on even before Richie's loan deal expired. Um, my understanding is they're trying to get to a number which makes Richie Larea not a DP when you combine the salary budget hit plus Richie Larea's new salary. Um We'll see if that number works for both Richie and works for Nottingham Forest. And obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of it is also going to depend on exactly what it is that Richie wants to do. Um, now, what, the other thing I'll add is that move would have to be completed by Wednesday yeah. if yep. if Richie Larea wants to continue playing for Toronto FC, at least this season. There's, you know, you can still technically make the move come the January transfer window, but that would mean Richie Lara either going on loan elsewhere for six months or just, quite frankly, sitting out with Nottingham Forest yeah. for six months because yeah. my understanding is, again, Steve Cooper, not really uh, the biggest fan of Richie Lara's game. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see shame. exactly how how that plays out. Yeah, and I, I just question whether this move makes sense for Toronto FC, really. Um, I get it. Like, of course, you if you can get Richie Larea, get Richie Larea. But again, from a cap perspective and from a, like, what can you do with those resources perspective? Like, does Rich, bringing Richie Larea back make any real sense at this point? To me, it doesn't, um, especially if it's going to be from a, like like just from a um from a resources how you spend them and how you use them perspective but if it's going to affect the way that you continue to build a roster does it make sense to bring them back i don't care i mean this is a one of our best players if not our our mvp if he's willing to come back 
and and deal with the kind of hit that his financials are going to take because he's got to be in this sort of inenviable space between a DP and a high TAM player. Um, I, I mean, I think it's crazy to, 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 to say no to that. And also if, if, if this is the only way he gets playing time, you know, versus getting, you know, unfit and eating Cheetos for six months, like, I think the player is probably going to want, you know, it, it, it makes sense for both parties. It's, it's obviously not ideal for both the player and the club, but if, if I'm TFC and I'm able to get Richie to play ball on a deal that is sort of, you know, benefits me a lot more than it benefits him. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm not throwing the, I'm not looking to give horse in the mouth. I think if TFC can bring Richie Larry in in a non-DP deal, I think you do that 10 times out of 10. Uh, I, I think when you, you can tell just how much this team has missed Richie Larea. Look at It's no coincidence yeah. that TFC's yeah. inability to score goals coincided with when Richie Larea, you know, he went to Canada camp. And from yep. there on, it just, it seemed like a lot of, a lot of TFC's, threat moving forward kind of kind of went away so yeah and as a max tan player like he seems like a player that's legit a difference maker in this league on both sides of the ball and the way that he's grown and developed you know he works in this league yeah and you know the one the one thing you think about is is you know kind of a comparison is jonathan osorio right he's would come in on a similar deal as jonathan osorio Right now, if you were to pick between the two players, who are you picking? For me, it's Richie Larea. He's a young, he's younger, and I think he makes more of a difference for this team than yep. than Jonathan Osorio has this season. And Jonathan Osorio, as we've talked about, isn't really getting much younger, you know. And, and Perfuel, you, you get you get to keep both of them. And I, I think, yeah, I, I would I think it's a no brainer for me. If I'm TFC. I agree. Fair enough. I, I I have some questions around how again those resources. I'd have to see the deal um, yeah. to to be convinced. I'm not gonna. It's not a can this player play with TFC? Of course he can. It, it's it's a question of resources. It's a question of cap. You know, don't put yourself in the cap hell again. Um, out of sentiment is is what I would say um, from that perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. But all right, let's move in, uh, and we're gonna get into the burning question here and get your comments uh, in. So let's do it. Give me a sec. <laughs> Damn that. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It's where you connect with people and local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the burning question each week in Nextdoor's Toronto FC fan group a day before we post it online so if you haven't joined already do so by either downloading the app uh, or going to nextdoor.ca and joining there uh, and this week we asked you should terry dunfield see out the rest of the season as tfc manager uh, a couple of interesting comments uh coming through so i'll read a few and then i'll get your guys thought on this uh rafael uh from the toronto fc face uh, next door group says at this point why not Give him a chance and see what happens. 
he's zero and six with no goals. So we kind of <laughs> that's giving him a chance, happening. and we and saw what happened. was happening yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Christopher L says, "I'd say yes, unless there's a qualified coach that comes to the table and lays out a clear two-year plan with passion." Obviously, make sure that the first press conference is about setting expectations that the hire isn't about winning this season, but gearing up for the future. Pretty reasonable uh, response there. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Sonia Missio, is saying, uh, honestly, that man, being Terry, loves the club. His history playing for, working for, etc. proves it. I'd imagine he's the only culture glue holding everything together right now. I truly believe that he is playing for the badge, coaching also for the badge. Uh, you're not going to get that elsewhere at the moment. Uh, and then Ryan Smith just uh, capping it off here. Uh, for Terry's sake, no. So many problems with this team will ruin his CV if he ever tries to move on from TFC and or their academy. Although it's a poison chalice for whomever takes uh, the job, I feel uh, he was set up to fail from the get-go. So different ranging emotions um, in terms of whether or not Terry should stay or go for the rest of the season. I wanted to get your guys' thought on that um, and, and whether or not you think Terry was set up to succeed um, as your interim manager. No, he obviously was not. not set up to succeed as interim manager. Um, I guess what I've been told and the latest update that I can give on TFC's manager hunt is that, as I was hinting at last week, Bill Manning's preferred candidate would have to be someone that TFC go after in the offseason. But I'm told that that idea and proposal was shut down. So, as I've also hinted at, other managers that TFC have already interviewed and have gone through the interview process with and considered to be candidates are all people who either the club is very familiar with or are local candidates. So it'll be very interesting that over these next three weeks, whether the club does decide to appoint that manager now, knowing that they might, or they're not going to be able to get Bill Manning's first ideal um, candidate. So maybe that is a shift in direction that the club decides to take or Potentially, again, they wait until the offseason, fresh slate, and that's when they can bring in whoever that guy is, whether that's be someone who's available now or whether another candidate pops up between now and then. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. The way you worded that was interesting. So I assume... Very carefully worded. Well, it, it, it to, to me, and, and not to put words in, in my, my mouth, this is, this is my hmm. words is that they may approach somebody who already has a job um, and either they or the club they work for said, nah, bruh, and uh, basically rejected the opportunity uh, for them to potentially interview that person. Well, the one thing I'll, I'll add to that is, as I've, we've, I've talked about for literally even into the off season is Toronto FC also don't have a ton of money, mm-hmm. right? The backing that they get from the board is not the same backing they got 12 months ago. So also you got to factor that in. So again, we'll see what, uh, what happens over these 
maybe even next couple of days based on the way that it's kind of played out so far. Right. So are you, are you Jeff, are you no pro Terry staying for the rest of the season well, or higher manager now? There's 11 games left. Everything is on fire. We want to introduce a new variable into the mix. The, what I've been enjoying so much is getting rid of the flotsam, getting rid of the dead weight, this sort of laser focus on making things better. You really want to bring somebody else with a position of authority to muddy those waters? I don't understand why people are calling for a new manager. Terry is the perfect interim manager in this position right now. Is he a mouthpiece for the front office? Absolutely. Is he not going to cause ripples in the pond? Absolutely. That's a good thing right now because there's everything else is broken. Can we have like one position that isn't that doesn't require all of our attentions at the same time? Like, I don't understand this impetus. There's, I, you know, like the, I, I don't understand it. What is the new manager going to figure out with this roster in eleven games? That, that there's that, a lot of moving parts, though. It's it's not as definite as saying uh, we mm. absolutely cannot bring in a new manager at this point because. You know, as G Money talks in, in the chat is saying, what if the coach that you want isn't available now at the end of the season? What if the coach that you want is available now? Do you risk potentially losing that coach because you don't want to bring him at this point of the year? Like, I mean, not we, as- we just heard right from you that that's that the the reality is the complete opposite of that. So I'm just well, going maybe to your second that- your second choice, for example, right? What if what if he's well? Not he's your second. I mean, he's your set. They are your second choice, so you don't need to move heaven and earth to get them. Haven't we learned our lesson, right? Like your first choice. I mean, let's forget about whose choice it is, which is an old, which is his own Pandora's box. But your first choice, fine. You move heaven and earth. You drive a bag of money to their house. But your second choice, by virtue of being your second choice, doesn't get that same privilege. And when you start making those concessions for the second choice, that's when you're making compromises ahead of the hire itself. And when you compound that with the fact that there are 11 games left with a roster in flux, with a front office in flux, with a sports science department in flux, with a training ground in flux, with Bitchy the Hawk in flux, I don't need another thing in flux here. I mean, just leave that warm body in there. He's doing good things. He's getting some of the kids minutes that potentially new hire X isn't going to get. He's figuring out a way to handle the DPs, you know, which isn't kid gloves. It's, it's certainly not kid gloves. Like I just, I don't, I don't see the impetus. I don't see that like this, like I just, I guess I just don't, I haven't seen a compelling argument as to why a new coach, new coach X right now is worth the potential uh, 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 introduction of more chaos into an already chaotic environment. Yeah, I, I guess I, I hear that. It, it is unique though this year that you have a three week break, so it's not like it's thrown right into the fire. And here you go, you have three weeks. There's a transfer window that's coming up on Wednesday. There's also obviously as we talked about earlier on the show, the European transfer window which closes. I believe again, September, I think, yeah. it's, I think it's September. September this year. Yeah. Um, so you have those two things as well. So you're looking at maybe a bit of a different dynamic than what has been the last couple of weeks here uh, for, for TFC. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, look, as much as we're rooting for Terry and, you know, we, we love Terry as a person here, 
and I know you're kind of sugarcoating it, Jeff, in terms of mm-hmm. pointing out some of the good stuff that Terry's done. The results have never been worse for Toronto FC. Yeah, but I, I think They've we're, I mean, I hate to never say it. Worse. I, I don't disagree, but I, I mean, you know, look, look at what he has to work with, right? Like sure. nine, what, what 70% of our, of our cost outlay is getting tattoos and, 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 you know, sitting with ice packs. Like the, I don't know there is a coach alive that's going to accomplish anything this season with this roster. And I think bringing them in early, I don't think you're wrong. Bringing them in early can be more harm than good. I mean, it's, it's back here. We're getting a lot of comments, but like, you know, boom slang. If you're just picking a guy with a pulse, we have one already. I hear no compelling arguments, you know, and of course there's no name in the mix, but I've heard no compelling arguments about why it needs to be now other than we want it. And the hope monster is manifesting again. You know, here comes the hope monster, new coach hopes back guys, abandon (laughs) all hope. Right. All right. 11 11 games. Mike is is giving devil's advocate here. I'll give you a Mm -hmm. reason why you go get the coach now. Terry is never going to be the guy. And if, if Terry's not ever going to be the guy, and if you're Owen six and they haven't scored a goal and they don't look like anywhere close to scoring one last night, honestly was the closest they've probably been since he's been manager of maybe scoring a goal. Mm-hmm. Then why not go get somebody now that, you know, you're going to be keeping for a couple of years that can get like mike said three weeks with the team and they're not on they're not you're not judging them on 11 games right really what you're doing is you're saying you're giving that person time to install a backroom staff a culture within the team and 11 games to look at players and say like this guy this guy this guy i'll build with these guys the rest of them and rocks. get to know players and, and get to like, know players and build a relationship. It's, it's, but you're also getting to know the, the crappy players that are on their way out. And you're also walking into this, to this cauldron of pain. I mean, why not? Well, he'd be walking into yeah. a cauldron of pain, whether he comes now or whether they come in like November. There's right? a lot it's, to it's be said about, as, about off season, empty office. You get to move in, set your tone versus coming in with 11 games left in the season to an office that's still got the stank of, 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 of failure all over but it's right? not There's a secret though. For the it's not a secret anymore about how yeah. mm-hmm. terrible this environment is at toronto fc so whoever's taking that job is walking into it knowing that that environment is is going to be terrible so they kind of walk in with paid those... to to walk into well that's but i mean, with those I mean that, that, yeah and and that supports my point if i'm walking into a poison chalice i at least want the benefit of being the first, per- like, there's just something to be said about time and place. And, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, it, we need a sports science department. So let's do that. Let's hire the sports science department first, instead of looking for a new manager and coach, you know, we, need, we need this and this and this, let's do that. Why is it always the gaffer? I mean, it's just this cyclical thinking that's so well, myopic. Generally, like, let's so- Mm-hmm. Yes, but generally the manager in a lot of ways will not necessarily control all of that, but they have a pretty significant influence on how those things get built out, right? And that's why you pick the manager first. 
and in a lot of ways, again, you talk about a transfer window. Yes, it's closing on Wednesday, but not having a manager ties Jason Hernandez's hands a little bit. Like, to how many players does Jason Hernandez want to trade for or bring in to saddle on a new manager when you don't have that person in place? Right. So, in essentially, you're kind like I, he's going to make the moves anyway. I, I get that. Right. And I am still playing for devil's advocate. I do think Terry will get the rest of the year or should probably mm-hmm. get the rest of the year. But, yeah. you know, just saying that if you do go and get a new manager, it does potentially give them the opportunity to put some stamps in the place. So when you go into the offseason, you're a bit more on a ramp way to get yourself ready for things like free agency and reallocation and all that kind of stuff that you're going to have to sort of deal with the MLS offseason minutia. Um, they'll have a little bit of a ramp way to do that instead of what we just did, which was hire Bill, Bob Bradley in November. And then literally the transfer window opens and now they got to make all these decisions in like a month. Right. So, th- th- so that's just, yeah. that's where I'm sort of coming from with that. It could yeah. also be a handshake deal that helps solve both of your, your guys' issues, you know, handshake yeah. deal, pay attention. You could mm-hmm. come, you know, be part of the environment. You're going to be the next coach at the, the end of the season. And you can do all that research and all that homework that you have to do in the meantime, because you're going to be appointed manager at the yep, end of the year. Yep. And I think that would solve yep. both your issues. Obviously, you know, in a perfect world, that would be the case. I'm not sure if that is as realistic as, as maybe we're, we're hoping for here. But yeah, 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 I don't know. I wouldn't be too upset if a new manager was appointed at this point of the season, put it that way. Like at this point of the season or come the end of the year, regardless I think we're we, getting can, new manager. Yeah. we can all and agree that the, TFC are likely going to be getting a new manager. Yeah. Yeah. And save Terry Dudfield, honestly, the bags under his eyes, man. He looks like he's just going through the absolute ring. It's right so now. bad, man. I just, he just looks yeah. like he's going through, just let him go back and do the U 17s and, and let him be happy, you know, um, and, and get, get some of those young players up into the first team. Um, all right, let's close it out. Uh, gentlemen. Uh, thank you again, everybody for listening to another episode of before, Toronto. Like that. Okay. Go ahead. Before buddy. we do. Yeah. Man, shout out Ashton Morgan. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. No, obviously, if you if you missed it, uh, news today that Ashton Morgan has officially announced his retirement from professional soccer. He was last with Forge. He spent the last couple of seasons with Forge. Obviously, helped Forge win. Uh, what what are they called? The North Northern the North Star Shield? Shield. North Star North, Shield. North Star Shield. Yeah. So. Microwavable plate. Yeah. The North Star Shield, um, CPL champion, obviously MLS Cup champion with Toronto FC. He mm-hmm. was a loyal servant to Toronto FC, came through, graduated through the academy in 2010 or 2011, signed yeah, his first team deal with the club in 2010. There you go. And uh, like I said, was kind of the DNA and blueprint of Toronto FC for a very long time and even when mm-hmm. you talk to some of the young guys at toronto fc ash morgan's a name that they still mention for the impact that he has had ladies and gentlemen their our career. new coach ashton morgan i <laughs> know <laughs> yeah. uh, he knows better than that mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah yeah, yeah. the, the one that. the one thing i will say about you know ashton morgan and and he's just 32 years old that I know he's still going to be involved in soccer. Um, I'll let him announce what his his next move is going to be when he wants to announce it. But I just fans, did. 
for fans in the greater Toronto area, uh, this this won't be the last that you hear of Ashton Morgan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ashton, I, I tweeted it out earlier, so I don't have to repeat a ton of it, but like, um, as somebody, a lot of us, you know, we, we grew up with Ashton in a lot of ways. Um, and, and look, I've had the privilege of watching almost all, like not all of them, but obviously, but a, a vast majority of his professional games um, from the day I was there on his debut, um, you know, there at TFC two games on his rehab stint sometimes um, obviously didn't get out when he was at RSL, uh, but also saw him a lot, obviously here in Hamilton and uh, with forge. And, and the thing that I will sort of impress on people is the just, he joined when he when he started with TFC. He was seventeen, I think, when he when he uh, first debuted uh, in twenty ten. Um, just the man he has grown to yeah. become um, is quite. I've gotten to know him personally um, over the last couple of years, and he's just like like the man that he has become is is quite incredible. And and it's yeah. you know it, it, Mitchell Tierney, a uh, former host of this show, um, tweeted out earlier a, a tweet from Charlie Connor O'Clark from 2018 with Josie Altador, sort of just talking about how important Ashton Morgan was to the locker room at TFC and his presence at TFC and what he meant to the club. Um, mm-hmm. And and it, I think that shouldn't be lost on, on, on TFC fans. I know right now we're in the doldrums, but there's, yeah. there's a reason why you keep glue guys like that around. Right. Maybe they're not producing yeah. the exact same way on the pitch as they used to, but there's a reason those guys stick around and why they become very valuable and have long, long careers in the game. Uh, and Absolutely. You know, congratulations to him on in his retirement as a player. He's got a lot more to offer to the soccer community in Canada into our community as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, obviously he's, he's got some moves coming up. He'll, he'll announce them when he's ready, but um, just, just, you know, just really happy for him. He's in a good place, I think with it, um, which is, which is awesome. And his Excellent. new cafe just reopened uh, today, actually. on Dundas Fantastic. Hospital, so the Fantastic. Uh, no, we're not going to talk about the Canadian women's national team this week. Uh, we're depressed Too enough, soon. but we'll Too definitely, soon. we'll Depressing. definitely mention it. And I mean, what what's to say about uh, uh, Voldemort Defoe? Of course, he wants to manage in Toronto. He sees it as a paycheck, like he saw it as a paycheck in 2014. No, no, no. It was an offhand no. comment that means nothing. Yeah, yeah, it was an no. Comment, guys. It doesn't. Not mean happening. Yeah, I'd rather yeah. I'd rather give it to a length of rope. Probably going to uh, Saudi to coach with Steve Gerrard. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We will be back. Uh, next week with another show. Now, obviously, there's going to be a three-week break, so we'll kind of figure out what's going to be going on during the the break. Uh, But we may have a special guest next week, so definitely Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. Um, Continue to ask the favor of uh, getting into the Nextdoor app, going to the TFC or Toronto FC fan group, um, and keep on joining. You guys have actually done a really great job. You guys are joining actually in, in pretty decent numbers the last couple of weeks. So again, we really appreciate it. We're going to be putting more content up there um, and things like that over the next couple of weeks. So go ahead and download the app if you have not already. Uh, and for Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for watching. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC Telanda. Thank <laughs> you.